0: Hello and welcome to People With Purpose. Today I'm joined by Bronwyn Verncombe who is a property investor, a coach um, and uh, what an expert on life really because uh, what Bronwyn's managed to achieve is she's managed to do a, do a full-time job um, and then find a way to escape that into living the life of her dreams. So uh, Bronwyn's here to, to tell us all about it. So welcome to the show.
1: Hi David, hello everybody. Great to be here.
0: It's great to great to have you here. So um so um what are you doing with yourself at the minute?
1: Well, this minute um I'm preparing to go to Australia. So um, we'll talk a bit about my adventures. But yeah, we're going off to Australia ooh, next week to um, take part in the well, volunteer in the Bridgeton world solar challenge which is a solar powered car race from darwin to adelaide i'll send you the link later you can have a look at it it's amazing
0: that's a a fair old schlep isn't it
1: but you've not heard
0: of that one before have you you no i don't think i i don't think i have I've been to both places though. So, you know, get me and all that. But, um, yeah. 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 But, uh, our next adventure. Yeah. Well, I suppose one thing you can be fairly certain of is there's going to be plenty of sun, especially in the middle bit.
1: Yes. Hmm. Oh, yes. Because the cars, the cars are only, they they don't have battery storage. So they're only powered by the sun itself. So, yes, it's a good time of year. The sun will be shining through the desert and, yeah, they they they're racing in three different classes and it's quite a long way. It's going to take them a good 10 days, yeah. two weeks. Um and yeah, when the sun goes down, the cars stop on <laughs> the um, side of the road. They camp. Right. For dinner and like, Yeah. Wow. And when the sun comes up, they they go again. So it's uh yeah, it's going to be fun. I've never done it before, but a friend of mine introduced me to it and my husband's really keen, so mm. yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Cool because reading a bit about you um adventure seemed to be a bit of a theme is that fair to say
1: yes oh yes yes i mean since if we go back in time my biggest um my biggest thing that i wanted to spend time doing were a few adventures and i just thought well why don't i aim at something exciting like that i might not get to do it but it will really motivate me and um my husband as well. I think his one of his big things was he wanted to sail across an ocean. Um, <clears throat> since he'd been working and he'd met me and uh, with our two children, it was, well, I haven't had time to do any sailing. I'm just too busy. I'm just working and you know coping with the weekend. So when when we were sort of thinking about, well, what would we do if we had more time? That was one of his things was I want to do more sailing. And for me, it was oh, oh, I've got some loads of things I want to do. I want to see some more of the world, but wildlife is a big thing for me. And I wanted to, you know, do some volunteering with, with wildlife in Africa primarily. Um, and I found this place called Nankusei where I could volunteer at and was got very excited by the prospect. And it really, really motivated both of us to think that this might be possible one day mm, mm. Um, when we look back. And now we, you know, we're always like, well, what are we doing next year, the year after, so it still drives us. And um, yeah, I'll tell you about how we made it happen in a minute. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, I suppose first first thing is okay. So you've got this thing that you want to be able to spend your time doing, and whether it's adventure or, or whatever it is, what's the yeah. what's the catalyst? Or what was the catalyst for you to say, do you know what? I've I've got to do something about this.
1: Yeah. It was when I was told by my um, corporate employer, Lloyds Bank, um, that I couldn't take my final salary defined benefit pension until I was 67. And I, in my mind, I'm like, 67? That's so old. Mm. <laughs> I think I was 40 at the time. And I was like, I don't want to be working when I'm 67. I don't want to be working when I'm 60. And my dad retired early at fifty-five. <clears throat> so how can I beat my dad and sort of have some freedom before fifty-five? And I thought, right, what, you know, what how, what can I do? How can I achieve that? John and I put our heads together, and we were like, oh, don't know. It's all to do with money, isn't it? <laughs> and then we discovered we we did a little bit about learning and understanding about property, investing, investing in property. And I was never sure that it worked. And I was a banker and I was very risk averse as a banker. Um, And then we read a book called Property Magic by Simon Zucci. Uh, John read it first and he went, "Hmm, this might work for us, but I'm not sure whether it work in the south of England, which is where we were living near Winchester. Mm. Um, And so I read it as a banker i put my banking hat on and thought oh i'm not sure you'll get a mortgage or oh, i'm not sure it's allowed and all this risk stuff but hey you know we then went well let's have a look let's let's do the math. let's go and talk to people who are doing it and that's the key really is is talk to people who are doing it don't don't talk to people who are not doing it because they tell you how terrible oh it's so risky i wouldn't do that you know um it's really really if there's any one message here today I want people to think about, you know, the stuff you read in papers, the stuff you listen to on your radio chat programs. Negative, 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 negative. The world is a doom and gloom. Um, So with property, you read about that. Oh, property investing doesn't work anymore. Buy to let's gone. It's rubbish. It's all complete rubbish. Yes, you have to understand the risk. Yes, you do need to know what you're doing. You can't do it without knowledge. Once you've got knowledge, that reduces the risk. And it, you know, it sounds easy. It isn't easy. But talking to people who are doing it, understanding and getting good education about it, then you know, suddenly it opens the doors to possibilities. And that's what we did. Um, and as a banker, you would have thought, well, you must have known everything about think these things. And I didn't. I really had not. I had no knowledge about buy to let and how that works and operates about having interest only mortgages about um about doing purchase lease options about different strategies it was completely new to me so yeah just because I was in a finance job and I was earning good money didn't mean to say that I was capable and able to find a way to. To generate income from a different source,
2: but
0: mm, mm.
1: trading my time for money, which is what I was doing, and what we all do, don't we? Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and, yeah. and I guess you kind of want time, and yet you feel like you need the money. So how do you square that yeah. circle? Then you know. So yeah. Um, yeah. if you, if you've, I suppose one thing that, that that's struck me on a couple of occasions is, well, you know, how how easy is it to get a mortgage? Well, maybe a second mortgage. When you don't have a job, so you're going to have to do it while you're still working. So, firstly, there's the time to get into it, and then secondly, then when you get to a point where you might have got into it, how how do you then keep it going if you don't have a job anymore? Can you help us with that?
1: Yes, yes, and it is—it's the dilemma for everybody. Is well, if I if I give up my job, that would be great, but you you really really shouldn't do it that way round. Don't give up your job first and then find and find a, a new route because it's too stressful. Um, so the way that we went about it was to start the process, to start the learning. Yeah, we had to create more time, which is tricky, but my kids were older. So one was at uni, the other one was at college, didn't want to know us. So that's fine. (laughs) My my elderly mother was living near us. So it was that was good. So creating time to do that learning initially and then starting to invest and make sure that it works for you. Do that learning and then take your time. And once that money starts to come in and you're like, you know, looking and seeing it physically going, okay, this is working, then you've got to decide at some point how much money is enough. Now, you don't have to replace, you don't have to earn as much as you're earning in your corporate job, because I was paying for trains up to London, huge amounts of money. I was paying for, for, you know, expensive work clothes, lunches. I had a company car, you know, all this stuff. That comes with the corporate job and you just take it for granted but when you start to work out well I don't need that I don't need that I don't need that how much can I live on comfortably and continue to maybe do what I'm doing and it doesn't have to be property it could be investing it could be all sorts of other other ways of of generating income it's becoming self-employed yeah. um but for us, it was, let's do it. Let's get to a point. Once we got to a point, one of us could give up our job. And my husband did that within 12 months. <laughs> then I carried on, but I did three days a week. So I actually gradually reduced my hours. And some jobs are, you know, allow that. And I coach people. So I do say, look, put a timeline out there. It could be five years time. For us, it was two years where we really wanted to you know, have stepped away um, but yeah, in the following year I I finished my corporate job, but we didn't have to achieve as much as we were getting in our corporate jobs. The tax is different, etc. So, you know, that's another challenge for people is to honestly stand back and say, well, how much do I need to earn before I could give up my corporate job? And uh, you know, in some ways it's actually not a lot. <laughs> it depends where you live, but you know, it um, depends what you want. You know, we're not material people. We don't need, you know, the latest gadgets. We don't need a big car, um, you know. So we, you know, we we sort of reflected on what would life be like if we weren't working. And it's, wow, it's really refreshing. Mm. I think a lot of people think about the lottery, don't they? Oh, if I won the lottery, I'd do this. That's like, well, yeah, that's is that reality? Yeah. Uh, statistics on that are so far removed but if I can say there are ways of of creating an income that mean you don't have to do your nine to five every every day um and, it, and it's not a scam either mm. it's just understanding
2: yeah
0: yeah so when you were contemplating making this move then and putting this plan together yes what were the um sacrifices that you thought you might have to make and then how yeah. how then, looking back on that, maybe twelve months later, did you look back on those sacrifices?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, the it was all about time. How do we create the time to do the learning to do the doing, to take it taking action with the 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 work that we were doing? And we went we we sort of signed up to do a course because for both of us being so busy, um going on a course on a regular day, you know, it was, it was once a month, but then it was coaching once a week that gave us that drumbeat of, right, it's happening. It's going to happen. We're definitely doing it. Otherwise, to be honest, I probably would have, you know, just just played around with it. It wouldn't have worked, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're all different, aren't we? Um, I know what motivates me and certainly, you know, having having something in the diary was important. So we had to clear the decks, clear the diary. I stopped reading newspapers, I stopped watching television. Um, my social life disappeared for probably a good twelve months, to be honest. And we had to tell our friends and family that, you know, well, we're doing this thing. Um, you know, we're not gonna be around so much. So but it's amazing what you spend your time doing that actually doesn't lead to very much. So it wasn't difficult to just. I, I actually started my day about 6 o'clock in the morning, um, and then I would, yeah, just get up earlier. So I'd go to bed earlier, and skip the TV thing. Um, but there were, yeah, there were lots of little sacrifices. But at the end of the day, we were both doing it together. So it wasn't. If it was just me, mm. it would be tricky, I think. Yeah. But my husband and I were doing it, and the kids knew. Um, yeah, they
0: just thought it was a fad, I think. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, you know, it's it's that that's sometimes having that kind of um feedback from other people kind of engenders a bit of a okay, well that's interesting. Well, maybe let, let's see how you yeah. uh, or you might get an, an I'll show you type uh, type response or you might get a kind of a well let's see whether you think that in 12 months time then, you know?
2: Yeah,
1: I think it's difficult. Um, you know, when I was brought up You know, very conservative parents, Um, you know, the myths that are out there, which is, oh, well, you get your nine to five job. Of course, we know it's not nine to five. (laughs) You get the job, you have a pension, you you pay into your savings accounts, you have a mortgage. And uh, one day you'll retire. Now, for me, retiring at 67, I thought, well, how am I going to fit in all the stuff I want to do? And will I be fit and healthy at 67? to go do that stuff
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and I you know only had like five weeks holiday which is quite generous so five weeks holiday a year and yeah wasn't going to work so um so those myths um and the, the the thing that we think that's reality you know that is life um you know we we realize that that's not actually the case and yes you can still have debt and mortgages, and that's still okay if you've got good assets like property. Um, So sort of being in debt and having mortgages with an asset such as property is really not too risky in this country, in the United Kingdom, because property is scarce. We're an island. So once I understood about that, then it wasn't about paying my mortgage down as quickly as possible. Why would I do that when I can actually get a mortgage at very low rates? Still, even still, still low rates Mm. compared to, you know, a loan or a credit card. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I I really changed what I'd grown up with into something new that said, "Okay, I get this. (laughs) It's really a different world. Uh, But people like my parents or, you know, other friends who are risk averse, they were like, oh, that's really risky. What happens if? And so as long as you've learned enough to understand what happens if I can counter that, you know, and I understand that the risk is actually very low and I can manage it, then you know, you, you have to almost ignore it. And people are trying to be helpful and they they don't want you to, you know, struggle and they don't want you to make mistakes, but I'm not going to listen to people who have grown up with that. I'm going to listen to people who are actually doing it and making a difference themselves and understand it so that I can make my own decisions. And I think that is the hardest thing for people because it's really, you know, you don't get this stuff taught at school. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't even get taught about interest rates, do you? Um,
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Or credit cards <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've
1: had to sit down with my children and explain about, you know, APR and credit cards and bills. And it's, it's it's a minefield, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it's, it is a, it is another world of opportunity that opened up in front of, in front of me and my, and my family Mm. was okay. Maybe I could achieve an income where I'm not having to work nine to five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, to, to overcome then all of those, um, uh, you know, the, 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 or to make the decision to make those sacrifices and yes. to, and to make the, um, well, and to overcome the um, the kind of attitudes and perceptions that, that you'd grown up with. Um, yes. What, what, what did that demand of you from a kind of a, a mindset or, or or character quality point of view?
2: Yeah. Well, I think, I think work at that point,
1: I got to quite a senior level in the bank and whilst I'd loved my job, probably the first 10 years of my 21 years, um, I I was quite cynical about I didn't really enjoy my job and so I think that was a bit of a spur for me was... Mm, you know, it's long hours, I don't get much time to myself. And if I'm not enjoying my job, what, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? Am I doing it for the customers? No, nah, not really. <laughs> am I doing it for the bank? Yes, I'm doing it for the bank's shareholders. Yippee, they get a dividend. I don't. Mm. Okay, they pay me every month. but mm. So I really started to question, what is my purpose? What am I here for? I did used to love my job. But now I don't. So is this, is this right for me? And I started to look at other jobs, the NHS. I did I did work for the NHS for a while, actually, which I did enjoy for a while. Um, but I think you you do have to say, well, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for the organization? Mm. And you can give so much to an organization and you don't get a massive amount back. And I'm amazed. So it's something like between 50 and 60% of people in corporate roles or in jobs, don't enjoy their job. So you have to say, wow, that's that's a lot of hours in your life where you're not actually very happy. So I was questioning that anyway. And so the sacrifices that I was making, I could see that there could be a different life where I could have more purpose and things that I wanted to do, more time for my family, more more time for my parents. Um, And I started to visualize that. I'm a visual person. I started to, I had background to my phone was this cheetah place. Um, I started to really imagine what that could be like. So I don't think it was sacrifice, really. It was work harder, work harder with this stuff, keep the job going because obviously I needed to do an okay job. Mm. Um, But I started to reduce my hours anyway. I told my work what I was doing. This thing called, you know, property rentals and getting, you know, having a buy to let and getting rental income. Yeah. I mean, um, that's okay. People thought, well, that's one or two properties just for a bit of extra money. No, it was more than that for me. I wanted to achieve enough so I didn't have to do the work mm. so it wasn't a sacrifice to be perfectly honest I remember it was really hard work of course it was
2: yeah
1: it was a lot of learning it was very tiring but the vision and the reason why drove both me and my husband and by meeting other people who are ahead of you who are who are already there maybe or some of my co- my mentors um they were the ones that showed me the way um and i thought well they've done it they're doing it i'm starting i can learn from them they can help me and that was that was just really the how how we were able to to achieve not easy
0: but yeah, yeah. well in a way it's kind of it's it's not easy continuing a job that you that you don't enjoy either is it so um so it's a case of okay what what's going to get you to your um to your goal to the life that you want for yourself and I suppose I'm interested in you know you've talked about some of your motivators for doing it so being able to have more time and and adventure and and time with family But, but but what specifically was the was the um the purpose which you that you were looking to to fulfill for yourself
2: yeah
1: well because I'd seen my house my husband my father my dad at the age of 55 retired early and I remember that he he was happier those 20 years that he was alive seven yeah 20 over 20 years he was happier than he'd ever been before and and I just thought, wow. And he was volunteering for the Prince's Trust. So he was using his skills in a different way to help young people. They bought a, a lovely place in Wales, like a little small holding. They had a completely different life. Mm-hmm. And both my mum my and my dad you know, were just the happiest they've ever been. So I, I was holding on to that vision of, well, I could do this. I could do that. I have choices. And... I I started to think, what might those be? And I, you know, that we've got adventures in mind at the moment and I do volunteer and I I am actually doing quite a lot of volunteering at the moment, but um, also my, my son's just got married and they've, they've got a little baby. My daughter's just bought a flat. So being around at those sorts of times and having time is, is amazing. Mm. You know, it's, it's it's one of those things that you think, wow, I wouldn't have been able to do this if I was still doing what I was doing then. Mm. Um, And I know people who are still in in those jobs. And I just think, oh my goodness, I think I'd be be exhausted, I think, now. I think I would, you know, I probably would have left um, that job. I probably would have gone into a different type of role. But um, yeah, it's... Yeah, finding your purpose is different at different times. Yeah. So we were learning. For John, it was doing more sailing, Mm. seeing if that's something he would enjoy doing. Mm. Uh, For me, it was doing more um, work with wildlife. And when I was younger, I used to bird watch. I used to go on wildlife holidays. Um, And I've got really a passion for uh, understanding wildlife. And now it's conservation more than anything else. So I started to look around, and for me, it was right. I'm going to volunteer at this place for six months if I can. That would be great. What do I need to be able to do that? Well, f- for some of these places, you have to pay to volunteer, <laughs> so you don't. It's not actually free. <laughs> so we we worked out what that would be. Um, but there are also ways where you can travel and do things, and using your own property, your house, your home, you can actually rent that out while you're away. So that again was a revelation to me. Mm. Yes, what well, everyone wants their home to be rented out, but on a holiday let basis or on maybe a short one year contract, you can actually earn a profit from your own home. And then volunteering abroad, you can actually make that work for very little money. Mm. Um, yeah, so once you've discovered that, that's a possibility, it opens up more.
0: More, um, more
1: doors as well. So yeah, yeah, that's fascinating.
0: Help? Yeah, and and so from your point of view now, then sort of fast forward to today, um, mm. you've talked about lots of lots of things that you do volunteering that speak to your 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 values and and all that, which sounds sounds great. Uh, and off to Australia, which also sounds great. Um, yeah. But um, but but what's how how do you um, get money coming in now? What so what what's your um, Property um, situation, investment situation, yeah. look like, um, and um, and how how much time does it does it consume for you now?
1: Yeah, so we've got um, we've got s- seven properties that are rented out on a multi-let basis, where they're houses that we've converted to um, houses of multiple occupation, a bit like students. Um, Properties where you share, you're sharing the um, facilities in terms of kitchen and communal areas, and then you've got your own bedroom, and usually you've got an ensuite as well. So there was a big demand in city centres. So Southampton and Portsmouth are quite close to where we live. So we created that as a strategy. We have now have seven of those, but the first year we actually bought two, or we bought two houses, converted them to. HMOs and the income from those are much higher than if it was a single let. You know, if you buy a house and rent it to uh, a couple or a family, you know, we probably get probably more than double the profit from a, a, a house uh, of multiple occupation. So that was our strategy because we needed the cash flow to replace some of our income. So that was our strategy. We also now have a guest house business. So after the first couple of years, we decided that we would expand our strategy and do something a bit different. That spreads your risk. But also we were looking at where the demand is so what is the housing demand in the cities that we were investing in? And a lot of that housing demand, just like today, has been for council, emergency housing for councils or for street homeless people who find themselves, you know, evicted from properties or on the street. And most landlords run a mile from these people. <laughs> but we, we discovered, a little bit by accident, but we discovered that actually if we bought a um, a tired bed and breakfast or an empty bed and breakfast, or we even rented a bed and breakfast, but we could provide quite good facilities for people in that situation. And we spoke with councils and we got councils to work with us. And we now have quite a few houses in Southampton which are dedicated to that particular purpose. We have one that's street homeless and we have four that are um, emergency houses, mainly for families. And it's been it's been a big business. It's taken a lot of time. So coming back to your question, at different stages of our learning, at different stages of what we were doing, it's very time consuming. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, you're spending a lot of time um, working out what to do. You're maybe working with builders, you're converting a house, you're putting in new bathrooms. It's a lot of work. Um, But once you've done that once, and then you can do it again is' less work. Mm. and the, the third time much less work mm. because you've done it before off you go there's the team do it. And the really important thing is that you don't do it yourself that you you get the experts in to help you. So I've got a friend who loves to do up houses and she loves to do a lot of it herself because she enjoys it. but for me, I never didn't want time. I didn't have time because I was working. I didn't have time to do it myself. so, So with HMOs, that was what we did. We did it again. And yeah, we run out of money, of course, but I work with investors and investors were happy to lend to me. Um, So as we expanded, then the next strategy was hugely time intensive, again, because you've got to get it off the ground and running and learning and making it work. And the important thing is having other people manage our properties. So, with buy-to-let, with houses of multiple occupation, you know, there's, you've got you've got guests, you've got tenants, tenants have contracts, you've got to make sure that if something goes wrong, they, it can be put right, if the Wi-Fi is not working, um, if the toilet's blocked. So, we always have somebody to manage the properties that we pay, so… It's not usually high street agents, it's usually other investors who have built a team mm. who are specialists in that. So we have other people manage our properties, and we have now have for the guest houses, we have a an agent, a manager who manages all of them. And we have systems and processes in place now, having been doing it for five years, that um that sort of automate a lot of things like the invoicing and the booking and the cleaners and goodness knows what. So of course it's a It's a lot of time initially, but over a period of time, as long as you use experts, you can start to step back. And that was the key for us was how do we make this business as passive as we can? It's never passive. No. (laughs) Never passive. We've always got that responsibility um, of running these businesses but we delegate as much as possible to people who are really good at what they do. Mm. And that's the key. Mm. So, so today, if you're asking me today, how much time do I spend in the business? Very little, but I do take my laptop with me when I'm traveling around the world. So mm. I have my office with me, my husband and I, we have a really good way of working. Um, and we, you know, we have regular things and tasks and uh, admin things that we do, but we've got a bookkeeper. I, my daughter's does a lot of the administration for us. So it's all about sharing and uh, delegating and um, over time, making sure that you systemize what you do so that it's efficient. Very, very important. Mm. Uh, so this week, I think probably two days this week, we've been busy um in the business
2: yeah.
1: but that's checking things it's having meeting with people before we go to australia we'll be away for three months to two and a half months we'll be away and we probably don't need to touch much during that time mm. um but before that we just want to set some things in motion and get some things sorted so yeah, yeah. So two days this week probably one day next week and then we're off um yeah. And then probably not
0: touch it very much. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting because, um, well, when I, when, when I when, I, when, I, when, I, when I, when I've spoken to people about property investing, they think about it on a very kind of individual basis. Uh, they think yeah. about it from the point of view, okay, so how am I going to get a mortgage to be able to, yes. to, to, you know, to, how am I going to get a second mortgage? So, but you're running it like a business and through a business, aren't you? as a business
1: yeah, it's a limited company now but when we started we were we were getting a buy to let mortgage
0: mm.
1: in our joint names okay just like you would do if it was residential you're you're getting a buy to let specific mortgage for that property and that property strategy mm. yeah
0: and how would you yeah. advise people to uh to, to go about doing it today so would you advise people to take that route or to, or to just to go straight in and set up a company and do it as a business
1: I think it's important to start in the simplest way possible. Um, you do need to understand how the tax works and how how being a landlord what, what it means. Um, and when you start out, it's much easier for banks to lend to you if you are an individual or a, you know, joint, because it's less risky. So, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you go straight to a limited company and and get going in that way because you'll be spending money unnecessarily. You've got to do bookkeeping and it's quite onerous and quite scary. So, keep it really simple to begin with. I would suggest mm. you know you can get a buy to let mortgage, do the numbers, talk to a mortgage broker um, who understands how mortgages work and get them to explain to you the different ways that it works. But it's very similar to your residential type of mortgage. Um, You, you know, the reason banks lend and mortgage companies lend to a buy-to-let is that they know that it's a profitable strategy. Um, That's why they'll lend to you over 20 years or 25 years. They will lend to you for that period of time because they know that the value of that property is going to go up in the long term. Mm. So even if there's a little blip you know, if you look back to when your parents had a house and how much they paid for that property. And I look back when I first started, which was nine years ago, and I look at the value of some of those properties then and what they're worth now. It's pure economics. It's very simple. Mm. So, so getting a buy-to-let mortgage is not difficult. You do have to have a deposit, however. Mm. So the 25% deposit generally, um, you can. You will have to find in terms of cash. So if you if you've got some savings, that's that could go into that. Um, We had friends and family that also were investing with us and help making that a bit easier later on. The other thing is also thinking about your home, what equity have you got in your house? Um, That's where I started was to take some of that equity out of my home and use that as a deposit for my buy to let for my investing and that that's fine you know it went against my dad's advice which was pay your mortgage down Mm. but the bank were happy to lend me more on my home because i was working they they were happy to lend because the value of the house had gone up i'd had it 10 years
2: yeah
1: value had gone up so because the value had gone up, my mortgage was down here. They were happy to lend me more on the mortgage so I could take that money out and use that as a 25% deposit on another property. Mm. So it's it sounds scary. Oh, my goodness, I've got more debt. But the debt is on a property that's going to go up in value in the long term. So... Mm. Mm. that's the way to think about it really
0: yeah and also um, it's that it's the, I mean the economics of it are oh, I suppose that if, it, if it's going to cost you say five percent but you're going to be able yeah. to earn eight nine percent on that then then yes. potentially yeah. you're you're going to be in in profit I suppose you need to yeah. you need to know that you're going to have people in there paying the rent otherwise that profit's going to quite quickly turn into a loss isn't it so how can you how can you get the confidence that that you're not going to end up stuck with a property with nobody in it
1: yeah so you've got to do some research around location where's a good place to be renting property so you know it would be quite cheap to buy a property in the middle of nowhere (laughs) it could be in you know mid-Wales or something, It'll be very cheap to buy a property there. Wow, I can buy a four-bedroom house at the same price as a two-bedroom where I live. But how many people want to rent a property in the middle of the countryside in Wales? Not many. So that's not going to work. So you need to find an area where there's high rental demand. And you need to find an area where property prices are not hugely high. So you're not going to be buying in the most expensive part of a city but you're going to look at those places where the property prices are perhaps a little bit cheaper, maybe on a bus route, where, where you can afford to buy it, but also there's a high rental demand. So there is a little sweet spot in every city, probably two or three sweet spots. And that's where you've got to do your research and start to understand, do those numbers work. It's harder in London. It's harder in the south of England. But my first property was a um, It was a, um, or it still is, I've still got it. It's a flat above a shop in Winchester. It's a maisonette. Um, It's ex-council. So it's in a council block, right in the middle of town, no parking. First one we bought, we thought, okay, will people want to rent it? Yes, students want to rent it. You've got young workers want to rent it. They can walk to work. They can walk to the train station. Definitely demand. And we talked to estate agents in ta- in the town, and said, "Well, tell me a bit about the market here. You know, what's the rental likely to be if we were to buy something like this?" And they were brilliant because they, you know, they wanted to sell <laughs> houses, mm. so they were really good at explaining how it worked.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I would I would do the research, find out the area. For me, it was important that it was somewhere close to, to where we lived. Mm. I wanted to be able to look at the property and actually kick the tires, as it were. Mm. But I do know people who are buying in South Wales, who are buying up in um, Leeds, Nottingham. But they know, generally, they know the city. So, you know, they, but they'd have to go up and just check quite often, I would think, just mm. to make sure they were happy. Um but yeah, there's a lot of research to do, a lot of knowledge to learn, but the it comes down to the economics, as you said, mm. you know it's purely that we are an island, our population's going up hugely, and we're not building enough houses yeah we read about that every day, so the market for for buy to let has gone up hugely in the last ten years, mm. and it's not it's not leveling out because we're not building
2: yeah,
1: yeah so um. You know, it's sad, but I think our whole market is changing here. I think many, more, many more young people are happy to rent
0: hmm.
1: and not buy. Yeah, and you know they can't afford to buy it,
2: So yeah, that's the way it is.
0: So, so I'm interested in why, why, why is it that we're hearing in the news that that, that so many landlords are looking to to bail out of being a, 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 a well, being a landlord now? What, what's happening yeah. there?
1: Yes a lot of landlords maybe have been in the in the investing game for 20 30 years they're probably getting a little bit older and quite often they've built their portfolio up over 10 20 years themselves but they haven't necessarily kept up with things like tax um some of the you know maintenance maybe needs to be done um their mortgages maybe they um they've increased their mortgages and they've fixed them. And so, there's a number of things there. The first one is tax. Over the last few years, this new tax regime has come in where if, you, if you've if you got um, buy-to-lets in personal names, um, you can't offset the mortgage interest against your profit. So, actually over time that their profit has gone down if they've been fixing their mortgage rates and mortgage rates we know have gone up in the last 12 months um, and their mortgage has doubled in some cases that they haven't allowed for that and they haven't necessarily you know suddenly they're not making as much money Um, and then there's the fear thing about the government's going to make it harder there's uh, things, there's lots of rules that we have to have as landlords, lots of rules. And they're, they're very, very good rules, you know, the fire safety, health and safety, the rules around EPCs. So, you know, how efficient is the house in terms of its boiler, its its uh, windows and things? That's really important for the people who are living there to make sure that it's, it's efficient. Um, so the government's come up with a scheme to say, well, you can't rent a house unless it's a certain level or above. And then, again, the plan was to um, have EPCC and above by 2025. It's now 2028. But with that looming and all sorts of negative things, landlords who are probably thinking about stepping back and retiring, they're faced with all this bureaucracy and negativity, and they're going, well, I might as well sell. Mm. Um, And I understand that, completely understand that. We, we've now got limited companies to avoid some of that that tax burden that was going to be there in joint names, mm. but also to make our business much more efficient. Um, so, yeah, you've got to look ahead. You've got to have knowledge. You've got to stay up to speed with things so that you can keep up and make sure that you're managing things mm. I assumed my mortgage interest would be 6% with any of my deals because that's what my mentor told me, taught me, and that's what I teach. If my mortgage is 6%, and none of my mortgages are that high, (laughs) if it's 6%, does it still make a profit? Yes, great. Then that will work. Mm. But a lot of people were like, oh, well, it's really hard to find good deals. Mm. It is if you haven't got knowledge. It is hard. Yeah.
0: So, so it sounds we, like sounds like you're managing the risk then by 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 tin these some some of these things up and you mentioned earlier on about knowledge being being important in education yeah, so yeah. so so where where can people where can people get that kind of knowledge and education from I mean wh- who who would you recommend?
1: Well there are lots of places to start your Knowledge and uh, there are some very good books. So the book that I talked about was Property Magic by Simon Zucci. I also have a book called Building Your Dream Life, mm-hmm. which um, which is available on Amazon. That that tells you both those two books tell you how to invest and to do it quickly. Um, so there's qu- it's quite a different way of investing, but it, it enabled us to do it within a couple of years. Most landlords out there, especially the ones that are selling, have built it up over twenty years because they've got a lump sum, they've inherited some money, maybe they've, you know, taken extra mortgage out of some of their properties and they've done it the slow way mm-hmm. over a lifetime, if you like.
2: Yeah.
1: So um other places to learn would be the National Land Residential Landlords Association. Okay. So the NRLA. Mm-hmm. They have got very good courses. Quite often they're online as well. But as the National Association, very, very trustworthy about information that they produce. So that's a really good place to start. And it won't cost you very much money. Now, I went to numerous little one-day courses to find out who should I learn with. And you get bombarded of marketing. So shop around. Mm. Never pay by credit cards on the day of going to one of these seminars always stand back and think about it and certainly don't borrow money to do a course okay so you've got some cash and um you can shop around find out who does courses locally just be very very careful
0: mm. <laughs> right. yeah. do
1: your you diligence.
0: yeah yeah mm. well I've, I've read your book and uh it's um it is so so easy to read. I um, I, I really found it easy to read, and it kind of yeah. I love I love in there. There's there's different case studies um, the, of of different different things you can do, and um, yeah. yeah, it just kind of opens your mind up really. And it, it kind of I think I might I might have read it over the course of three days, just kind of just picking up and putting yeah. it down. So it's a very easy read.
1: Yeah, very easy, very structured. It's very very much the way that I think. <laughs> But it also gives you those examples and those examples, you know, because people, people read books and it sounds too good to be true. And you go, oh, well, it's just they just they just said that because they're writing a book. Mm. Whereas I wanted to actually show you the numbers. Here are the real numbers. This is what we spent. This is what the income is. This Mm. is the rental and explain it very, very clearly and, yeah, I think people love the fact that it's real and all our problems that we had along the way as well. Um, you know, you do come across these problems, but, you know, you get through them with advice and support and you get through them because you, you know, yeah, you're motivated by your, your reason why.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, I certainly suggest people learn with experts, you know, make sure that the people you're learning with are also investors themselves they're not just selling courses <laughs> that's mm. really important yeah and i learned with simon zucci so um which is pin property investors network okay um
0: so, yeah, you, so t- I
1: recommend them.
0: you would you would recommend that would you because i got a um yeah. I got a uh well so somebody mentioned somebody mentioned it to me uh about about a month ago actually and um I then went and had a look at one of Simon Zucci's video uh, videos about um purchase lease options because yeah. you know as, as yeah. a way to as a way to help somebody to to move on from a place that, that they want to get shot of it but they that mm. they don't necessarily want to sell it now um it's probably yes. a bit it, 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 it listeners look it up and watch the video rather than getting into all that now but it, it just goes to show that yeah. there's lots of different creative ways that you yeah. that you can explore to get into property which mm-hmm. might not even necessarily need for you to have a huge yes. deposit to put down That's on a, great. on a property. So, um, so yeah that, yeah, that opened up a few thoughts for me.
1: It, it is definitely possible to, to do investing without having a huge amount of money. Um, it's harder, mm. but it's possible. And it's only possible if you truly understand how, um, how to work with landlords and, um, you know, find win-win opportunities. It's not a scam. Mm. <laughs> the, uh, the purchase lease option is absolutely great. I've done a few of those oh, because, okay. um, because if someone's got a property, but they're tired, they don't want to manage it anymore, and they've been managing it them- themselves, you know, their choices are I sell it and I've got to pay capital gains tax and I've got to go through all that sales process. It's a pain as well. Um, but I don't, do I need the money now? No, I don't need to sell it now. I don't need that money, but I quite like to still have a bit of an income from it. Yeah. And suddenly, someone like me comes along and says, well, I don't have the capital to buy it now, but I'd love to ha- to run it. So I'll do your hard work for you, but I'll pay you less than you're getting now and I'll take the difference. Yeah. Just so, and I'll spend my capital doing the place up mm. and getting a higher rental. So um, you know, people think, "Oh, well, you're just scamming people out of money." You're not actually. You're creating a real opportunity for both sides, and that's very much what investing is about. Yeah, it's not it's not taking money from other people. It's actually creating opportunities where you can provide it a nice place for people to live, but also helping landlords who don't want to sell. You can rent. The
0: property so there we go yeah. yeah so you're solving a couple of problems there aren't they through yeah. uh, aren't you sorry you, you through using property as a as a as a vehicle to do that and i guess if if there are people who are thinking about their their job because again i've i've heard and read that up to 75 percent of people are not engaged in their in their work so you mm-hmm. know um, yeah, business business owners who who and and, and CEOs who are, who are listening you know pay heed to that because because you know you, you need to create workplaces that that are enjoyable that people want to go to and all that kind of stuff you also need yeah. to understand your people and to uh, to to understand what it is that they want from a job, a career, and all that kind of stuff. Um, otherwise, through neglect, you might end up losing good people. Um, and so that's, that's something really really important to, to, to look out for in in the business world. But yeah. if you're an individual who's who, who's who's at that place where you feel like you've tried um, to 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 be a good employee and to get the best out of your job, and you're still not enjoying it. Then you've got skills you know which you can use then to perhaps create a different opportunity for yourself and and as you said the the obvious thing to go for is well maybe I should find another job well that's not necessarily the uh, only route that people can go down is it
1: no no and if you're good at your job you can still be bored with it but that also means that you can create more you've got more headspace to be learning something new so rather than Rather than going to another employer, which is quite stressful, and there's a lot of new stuff to learn, you could learn about investing and doing something else. It doesn't have to be property. It could be cryptocurrencies. It could be investing in the stock market. Mm. Um, you know, There's so many things that you probably haven't even thought about yet.
2: Mm.
1: that might just be good for your brain, keep you occupied,
2: yeah.
1: and give you an income. Um, so, yeah, start looking around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some people love doing property investing, um, and some people just do it to get the rewards so they can do something
0: else. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And you sound like you're a heady blend of the two, uh, which uh, <laughs> which must be quite good fun. So, uh, and on on the property network side of things, yes. Um, that, so just just worth exploring exploring that a little bit because yeah. um, it sound, it sounds like quite a daunting thing to do. Uh, to 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 go to a property network meeting uh, and not know anyone and um, and all of that. I mean, what would you say to people who've who've not been to one before, who yeah. are a bit fearful of, of of going in for the first time?
1: Yes, um, I would say go, but just do a bit of preparation beforehand. So the one I recommend the property network because there's, there's 50 across the country so wherever you're listening from in the uk there's probably one near you so it's called property investors network pin um property investors meetings have a look on the website i can send you the link um you can go for free it's only 20 pounds but you can go for free using my christian name bronwen so put that into the voucher code. Anyway, so yeah, there's 50 across the country. Um, you go along. It's an evening once a month, and there's probably maybe 20 to 30 people on our average that go to these meetings. Some of them will be there for the first time, like you. Probably a third of the of the group will be new. Uh, a third will be learning, maybe on a course. Uh, and just sort of halfway through their learning. And maybe there'll be people there like me who'll be, you know, much further down and much more knowledgeable. So there's a really good mix of people. And the PIN meetings have a couple of speakers that talk on topics where they're experts. Um, There's no hard sell. um, But in terms of going for the first time, you know, just go and sit at the back and just listen. You know, don't have to participate. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to do any of that. Just go along and just absorb it and listen. You can don't have to stay very long if you don't want to, but just go and see what it's like.
2: Mm.
1: If you're outgoing like me and I love people, um, I really enjoyed it because I've got chatting.
2: Mm.
1: But my husband's quite, um, yeah, he's not as outgoing. He doesn't really like lots of people in a room. Mm. He, w- he was quite happy to park himself in the corner and just sit there. Yeah. And then afterwards we could swap notes. Okay. So go along with a friend is what I'm suggesting because it's less daunting. You can buy a drink at the bar and you've got someone to talk to. Um, So I'd say just go try it and listen um, and you might enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And I'm guessing, because again, like I said, I've not been to one, that um, that it's the kind of place that you might meet people who might have some of the skills that you haven't got. So you talked about putting a team together before. I mean, so. Yeah, I'm not a builder yeah, you'll for sure.
1: Find, yeah, you'll find you'll find trades there as well. Not mm. all the time, but you'll 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 find there'll be maybe an estate agent. There's usually a mortgage broker talking about what's happening in the marketplace. Okay. There'll be an update on market rentals probably from an estate agent. Yeah. So you know you'll you'll learn a few things, but you will meet people there who have got skills. Mm. But you'll also meet people there who are like you. You know, because this is you don't have to be special, you don't have to know numbers, you don't have to be an expert. You just these are people like you and me, and some people with no money at all who are making it work. And it's it's just amazing. Mm. You think, wow, how come I never knew this? Mm. Mm. So the key really with going is to just experience positive people who are doing this generally, most of them are doing something, who are understanding that they could make this work for them and then there's people like myself who speak quite a lot on the circuit where people say wow you're inspiring me to actually start and that's the key that's why I do what I do because I, I I if I'd known listened to myself 10 years before I started I would have done this sooner mm. um so yeah I'm always very positive about um supporting people who who don't have knowledge because it isn't rocket science you don't need a degree to understand this stuff you mm. just need to learn the basics um and get rid of that fear that negativity that the daily mail write about yeah. you know landlords exiting the market doesn't work anymore yes it does
0: yeah. brilliant <laughs> it absolutely does Cool. Well, the, Br- 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 the time has simply flown by in this conversation, Ooh. and there's, <laughs> yeah, and there, there, there's loads of more questions I'd love to ask you, but but um, but yeah, but we've but, but we've come to the end of our conversation. So um, in a minute, I'm going to ask you uh, to, um, to 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 tell us how people can find out more about you and, and follow your work and find your book. Another reminder of that. But before we do, um, have you got any parting words you'd like to share with people?
1: what did I, I did, um, I surrounded, yes, I, yeah, I think the key things I've got out actually, which is, which is don't believe what you read in the press. Don't necessarily believe what older people are telling you about, about the way that they deal with finance. Okay. Um, It's absolutely possible to have debt, good debt in terms of a mortgage and to be able to give give an opportunity to someone to rent a property. It can be a one-bed flat. It could be a bed sit. It doesn't have to be an HMO or all this other stuff. Mm. It's really, really simple. So, you know, I would suggest, yeah, get a book, have a little read, start to read the real stories and just think, is this something that could work for you Um, Or is there somebody that you know that's doing it that you think is completely crazy? Go have a chat with them.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think um, it was a revelation to me. And I was, you know, in my 40s when I first started to understand this. So if you're, doesn't matter what age you are, just uh, just do a bit of learning and see what you can find out.
0: Well, um,
1: yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. um, All my contact details are on LinkedIn and you can find my book on Amazon and Audible. So building your dream life very easy to find. It's
0: orange. There we are. Yeah, it's an orange orange book. How property can help you quit the rat race is a subtitle. Yeah. Um, yeah so building your dream life, which sounds like a very very good idea, and uh, and so no matter what your purpose or your or your mission uh, or your vision, um, creating that time for you to be able to to go after it um, is 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 absolutely crucial and if you're fortunate enough to to combine your 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 job and and your 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 mission in life then then that's amazing um, if if you've got a mission that you need funding to help you to fulfill then Bronwyn is a um is a is a brilliant case study somebody I mean looking at, at what you've just said um, you know, you would you would still be working at that bank now, um, all, all the hours. Uh, yeah. And um, and you would not have been to, to to Africa. You would not be going to Australia. You would not have done the volunteering. Your husband would not have sailed across around the world. Around the world, he did
1: around the world, yeah, with Clipper, Clipper wow. around the world yacht race, incredible. Wow. So wow. yeah, you read all about it in the book. Really, yeah. how did we get to that point? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've still got a lifetime of, of adventures to come.
0: Fantastic, so. fantastic. And you don't have to be as adventurous as Broman yeah. Brom and the husband if you don't want to be either you can you can do other stuff uh, but um but yeah but it's been a really really great conversation and and uh you've definitely give us plenty of food for thought i guess key thing is we've got to turn that thought into action
1: yes indeed that's the difference mm. lovely great to talk to you david likewise
0: and
1: yeah we'll stay in touch
0: yep brilliant thanks for on the show
1: thank you very much
0: thanks for listening to people with purpose I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.